0: Chapter 18 of California Sketches by Oscar Penn Fitzgerald. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 18 A Youthful Desperado. There's a young chap in the jail over there you ought to go and see. It's the one who killed the two Chinamen on Woods Creek a few weeks ago. He goes by the name of Tom Ellis. He is scarcely more than a boy, but he is a hard one. Maybe you can do him some good this was said to me by one of the sheriff's deputies a kind-hearted fellow but brave as a lion one of those quiet low-voiced men who do the most daring things in a matter-of-course way a man who never made threats and never showed a weapon except when he was about to use it with deadly effect the next day i went over to see the young murderer i was startled at his youthful appearance and struck with his beauty his features were feminine in their delicacy and his skin was almost as soft and fair as a child's he had dark hair bright blue eyes and white teeth he was of medium size and was faultless in physique though heavily ironed his step was vigorous and springy indicating unusual strength and agility this fair-faced almost girlish youth had committed one of the most atrocious double murders ever known approaching two chinamen who were working an abandoned mining claim on the creek he demanded their gold dust exhibiting at the same time a bowie knife the chinamen terrified dropped their mining tools and fled pursued by the young devil who fleet of foot soon overtook the poor creatures and with repeated stabs in the back cut them down a passer-by found him engaged in rifling their pockets of the gold dust to the value of about twenty dollars which had tempted him to commit the horrid crime these were the facts in the case as brought out in the trial it was also shown that he had borne a very bad name associating with the worst characters and being suspected strongly of other crimes against life and property he was convicted and sentenced to death this was the man i had come to see He received me politely, but I made little progress in my attempt to turn his thoughts to the subject of preparation for death. He allowed me to read the Bible in his cell and pray for him, but I could see plainly enough that he took no interest in it. I left a Bible with him, with the leaves turned down to mark such portions of the word of God, as would be most likely to do him good, and he promised to read it, but it was evident he did not do it for weeks i tried in every possible way to reach his conscience and sensibilities but in vain i asked him one day have you a mother living yes she lives in ohio and is a member of the baptist church does she know where you are no she thinks i'm dead and she will never know any better it's just as well it would do the old lady no good the name i go by here is not my real name no man in california knows my true name Even this cord did not respond. He was as cold and hard as ice. I kept up my visits to him and continued my efforts to win him to thoughts suitable to his condition, but he never showed the least sign of penitence or feeling of any kind. He was the only human being I have ever met who did not have a tender spot somewhere in his nature. If he had any such spot, my poor skill failed to discover it. One day, after I had spent an hour or more with him, he said to me, "'You mean well in coming here to see me, and I'm always glad to see you, as I get very lonesome, but there's no use in keeping up any deception about the matter. I don't care anything about religion, and all your talk on that subject is wasted. But if you could help me to get out of this jail so that I could kill the man whose evidence convicted me, I would thank you. Damn him!' I would be willing to die if i could kill him first as he spoke his eyes glittered like a serpent's and i felt that i was in the presence of a fiend from this time on there was no disguise on his part he thirsted for blood and hated to die chiefly because it cut him off from his revenge he did not deny the commission of the murders and cared no more for it than he would for the shooting of a rabbit as a psychological study he profoundly interested me and i sought to learn more of his history that i might know how much of his fiendishness was due to organic tendency and how much to evil association but he would tell nothing of his former life and i was left to conjecture as to what were the influences that had so completely blasted every bud and blossom of good in one so young and he was so handsome. He made several desperate attempts to break jail, and was loaded down with extra irons and put under special guard. The night before his execution he slept soundly and ate a hearty breakfast next morning. At the gallows he showed no fear or emotion of any kind. He was brooding on his revenge to the last moment. It is well for short that I didn't get out of this— I would like to live long enough to kill him, were about the last words he uttered, in a sort of soliloquizing way. The black cap was drawn over his fair face, and without a quiver of the nerves or the least tremor of the pulse, he was launched into the world of spirits, the rabble looking on with mingled curiosity, awe, and pity. End of chapter 18